The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. Mortgage Women Magazine. It's where women's voices are heard. Find it free at www.mortgagewomenmagazine.com. Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. And today we're continuing our conversation about non-qualified mortgages. Today we're joined by Michael Pearson, Senior Vice President of Business Development for A&D Mortgage. And we're gonna talk about whether investors are changing their views on non-QM. We're also taking a look at where the niche products will go this year. Michael, thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So I guess just to start things off, um, sort of how, talk a little bit about where we are coming from with non-QM and sort of what we saw the end of you know the, the latter half of 2022. How would you sort of characterize the non-QM market for originators at the end of 2022? Yeah, you know, I feel like it's it's been challenging over the last quarter, obviously with rates escalating, uh, with some guidelines changing. You know, I kind of felt like right as, you know, kind of the the product line in general is kind of stabilizing or the channel is kind of stabilizing, then we get kind of hit with higher rates, which is obviously makes the, you know, qualifications and everything difficult. So, you know, I would say the the level of education for originators has been better than I think it's ever been. Um, downside of that is there's been some market difficulties, but, you know, thankfully you know, the, those of us that are still in it are, are still, uh, kicking and doing well and, you know, having to make some adjustments, but we've seen some stability. And, and you just touched on originators are, are more and more aware of this product. And some of that just happens. New products are out there. You hear about it and eventually you start to, as it sticks around, Hey, what is this? And, and do I need right. to get involved in this? But are you also finding you know, we, we, we hear a lot about the, the great resignation and people leaving mm-hmm. their jobs during the pandemic. But if some of that is people starting their own business or sort of getting the gig economy, which of course makes it harder for them to qualify for a, um, a traditional mortgage is, so are we seeing not just originators, but also consumers more demand for this? Or why do you think originators are, are looking at non-QM more than they have in the past? Oh, I, th- I think it's a lot of what you just said, right? So we see a lot more uh, borrowers, not just self-employed, but, you know, a 1099 only, uh, we see a lot of different varieties of borrowers who, you know, either have difficulties or just can't come up with the conditioning required for traditional financing. So we see a lot of that. Um, we get, I mean, we have, you know, borrowers that just reach out to us from the website and, you know, obviously we're not servicing that we're doing wholesale, but, you know, we're referring them to clients and, you know, so we see a lot of that too. So, you know, I think it's more than just kind of a product line that, you know, people in the know know about, um, you know, I think the word has gotten out on you know, bank statement loans, DSER uh, loans, things like that have gotten out even into the mainstream where, you know, even, you know, borrowers kind of know some of the terms and are reaching out. So yeah, there's definitely been a growth in there. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, like, like you said, a lot more self-employed borrowers, borrowers that are leaving traditional workspaces and traditional income brackets and, and moving into you know, things that lend itself more to more non-QM financing. And you touched on some of the the challenges that 
you know, originators, non-QM originators are, are running into trying to help their borrowers. And of course, those are challenges that were impacting the entire market through the latter half of the year with, with rates and, and prices as well, uh, just making it challenging to, to afford a home. But is, is the non-QM market, at least right now, maybe a little bit more vulnerable to that? Just because obviously on your end, you have to think about being able to securitize these and sell these and what spreads are investors going to want with non-QM mm-hmm. versus traditional so does it seem like non-QM, at least for now, is more vulnerable to rate fluctuation and, and other things um, because of some of those factors? I, I think it probably is. I mean, I, I think if you would look at the rates kind of where they've trended over the last you know, 90, 120 days or so, I think it's I think it's aligned pretty well with where the direction of FHA and conventional financing is going. So I'm not sure there's that much volatility. I mean, we've seen rates trickling down over the last, you know, several weeks. So I think it's come back down. You know, there's certainly from the, you know, from the investor or or, or from the lender's perspective, there's a lot more due diligence to make sure of how these rating companies are evaluating the book of business. You know, we we've made adjustments and and had to kind of keep up with the times to make sure that we're able to secure these loans and and to get these things uh, you know across the line. So I think it's probably more due diligence on our part. I think the trending of the rates have been, you know, pretty steady with what you've seen in other markets. And and I certainly want to find out what you think is going to, what we're looking at for, for this year, but sort of on this issue of investors, you know, as an originator, obviously you just sell the loan and then it becomes, a, you know, a lender like AD and A&D to, to, to mm-hmm. figure out what to do with it. But if I'm an originator and I'm going to start dabbling in non-QM, I want to know if I'm going to do this work, the the lender I'm partnering with is going to be there. I don't want to do this again in in six months. Sure. So how does how does mm-hmm. an originator know when they're looking around and and certainly at the end of 2022 there was a lot of rumblings about investors not really mm-hmm. being being excited about non QM loans. How do I know I'm I'm finding a lender? Like what are some of the things I should look at to say this is a lender who will be there that I can build a long term relationship with. Well, like, you know, like anything else, I think a lot of it starts with stability, time in the market, how long you've been doing this. Uh, you know, a company like AMD, we've been doing it for 15 plus years. So it's a it's a comfort level for us. I don't think you always see that. There's some other great lenders that have that same stability. So I look for that. I look at the and kind of the reputation of the people that represent the organization um, and definitely looking at that piece of whether or not they you know, truly securitize their own business, right? If, if you're acting as a pass-through, that may be fantastic, but that's a lot of what we've seen kind of, you know, getting out of the marketplace or, or people that aren't doing their own paper and aren't able to control their own guidelines. Um, that makes it a little, you know, trickier in times like this when when you're adjusting on a monthly basis. It, it, it makes it more difficult to execute in a consistent way for your clients. And have we seen... You know, even in the latter half of the year, we saw companies leaving non-QM, going out of business altogether, or or taking losses just to try to sell their their securities and get some cash flow in. Has the tide turned yet? I know you talked about needing to do the due diligence. Has the tide turned yet, or or what do you see sort of happening with investors uh, attracted to these loans in the first part of the year? Yeah, I guess we'll find out the next time we do a <laughs> we do a purchase. But yeah, it seems to me that it's stabilized. Um, you know, from the outside, kind of kind of looking in, it's it seems like there's been some stability. You know, we we have definitely been 
uh, like I said, you know, we've had to adjust over time and, and make sure we're doing right by our customers and, you know, and for our bottom line, of course. But um, it seems like there's some stability. You never know with an economy like this where things are up and down and, and you know, it seems like good news is bad news. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's one of those things. But it's it seems like we're at least on the, the verge of, uh, you know, some stability and rebound. Yeah. And of course, a lot of this is just investors not really knowing what to do with non-QM and we haven't seen it go sure. into a recession before. So it's right. It's not doubted maybe as much as uncertainty, but on, on the origination side, you know, what do you see for non-QM, at least through the early part, as there's a lot of questions about the housing market in general. Um, and again, some of those concerns that we talked about with prices and rates and, and also a possibility of a recession. What do you think is going to happen with non-QM specifically for the early part of the year? Well, I think, you know, we've gone through this phase of, you know, uh, non-QM is new and flashy and it was just okay to close along, right? Then we went to this phase of kind of standardization where, you know, if you look across the lending platform, most of us have, you know, for the most part, a very similar product lines, right? So that leads to that kind of uniformity, maybe not exactly, but you know, there's some uniformity there where we have like terms and things like that. So we've gotten to that level where, you know, a broker kind of knows if you say a 12 month bank statement, they have a fairly good idea of what that means, right? You know, that, that wasn't the case 10 years ago. So, you know, you're starting to see some some stability there. So then it just comes to adjusting for whatever the qualifications are going to be. You know, you have kind of a, a broad idea of the general qualifications and then kind of digging into, you know, what the individual investors do. And that comes down to training and education. And I think all of us are out there very actively trying to, you know, train and educate on, you know, our offering versus the competition. So I think that's an important piece. And and I would imagine just being more familiar with the products and and maybe the the customers who fit the different types of products that are out there, that in and of itself can can lead to more origination, right? If if as you're dealing with customers who maybe look good for a bank statement loan or another right. non-QM, it's easier to sort of, hey, I now I can turn this and I'm not spending all this extra time going through these products and figuring it out because I know it. Yeah, I that's that's again comes down to that kind of uniformity. You know, it it it's not I'm not that far removed from getting phone calls for people asking for uh, you know, uh, DSCR loans on a primary residence or bank statement loans for a, for a W2 employee, you know. So most of those questions, most people understand kind of the nuts and bolts of what of what we're looking for. Um, you know, there'll be innovation and there'll be things that change in that space, but you know, at least we've come to a point where there's, you know, like I said, I, I don't think the education has been higher on these on this product line as it is currently. Uh, you know, a lot of that's just timing, but a lot of that is, you know, kind of our efforts and investment and training. Um, so yeah, I think I think. You know, customers are are more equipped to kind of identify the profiles of borrowers who fit into some of these programs, and then who it would not be a good fit for. There's plenty of great uh, traditional financing options for for borrowers that that fit there. We're really looking at, you know, kind of an underserved class of of borrowers to fit into these programs. And and do you find that originators that do a lot of non QM volume do they know the entire range of products? Do they specialize in a couple? Like you see people specializing in different programs and types of loans on the conventional side to sort of be a specialist and and turn certain types of products faster. Yeah, it's funny. You see a mix, right? You see some 
some very good lenders who just focus on kind of one product set. Uh, we have a very diverse product line and you see it the other way. You see conventional lenders that offer, you know, some non-QM to kind of complement what they do. I think it's important, especially in a market like this. I think it's important to have the diversity. Um, you know, certainly it takes a different mindset. You know, you take a, a, an FHA underwriter versus a conventional, right? There, there's different, there's a different mindset that goes into it. But if you can fix that piece or kind of address that piece to make sure that, um, you know, the decision makers are well-versed in what you do for this product line, then I think you can be diverse. I think, uh, you know, customers like that diversity um, where they have a, you know, kind of a waterfall effect of, you know, I could you know, pass, you know, borrowers through this cycle of programs to find the right fit, not have to, you know, shop it out multiple places. So, you know, I like to say one-stop shop. We're, we're maybe not a one-stop shop, but you know, be able to offer as much product diversity as possible. And I don't know what you're hearing from your originators about what this does for referrals, but I'm guessing helping helping customers who maybe thought they were never going to own a home is is going to help get referrals and of course realtors too. Hey, I I know somebody who can help in your situation. Right. You're going to you're going to get people who are very happy with the help you can give them. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that's that's a big piece. You know, we've done, you know, I I've, I've been with a couple different lenders and they were very big on talking to your referral partners, realtors, tax preparers, um you know, investment groups, all kinds of different groups and and talk about these products because I think a lot of times we think that they know what we're talking about, but we don't. So you really have to educate across the referral network. Uh, I think that's very important. I know there's some some great lenders, us included, that will do training for all of your referral partners. Uh, I think that piece and being able to, you know, first, you know, again, educate uh, that it's available. And then, yeah, when you can come through and a borrower can't qualify uh, for a product line or, or hasn't been able to find the person that can get them across the line and you're able to do that, you know, certainly that will lead to additional referrals and, uh, you know, stability in what you're doing. And, and the last thing I want to ask you is, you know, as, as we get into 2023 and, and it seems like we're, we're settling in, uh, in the market, but there's still uncertainty about where we're going to go, uh, this year. If I'm a, if I'm a originator and I haven't done a lot with non-QM and, and maybe I'm worried about the conditions right now in general, and I don't really want to take the time to learn new products because I'm doing all of these other things. What are some, are there specific market conditions that they should watch out for that non-QM is going to come back when this happens? Or is it just in general, when the housing market picks up, non-QM being a piece of that will also pick up? Yeah, I mean, I, that's obviously a big piece of it, right? You know, the the growth across the sector helps us all out. Um, but there there are things, you know, the, the you know, kind of the investment property piece, kind of grew out of very little and and kind of exploded almost overnight you know so those are those are those are loans that we still do quite a bit even in this market you know if you can find properties that are that are you know providing rental income um that, that's a great place to start but you know we always tell people you know start with what are you not able to do? Kind of like what you talked about before. Where are you not able to reach borrowers? Yeah, there, there is probably a hole in there, or there's probably uh, an availability in there uh, for non-QM financing. You know, we're we're really just a uh, complement to what you're doing on the conventional FHH on both sides. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be scared of it if there's a you know a piece of it that isn't in your you know risk profile. Then that that's fine. But we do everything and and you know the the non-qm community does you know a much of what we get is standard full doc documentation the standard borrowers that just for one attribute or another is unable to make it conventional and you know it can start as easy as that 
Yeah, we're seeing a lot of creativity, whether it's products or how to help people get qualified sure. with, with credit profiles. And you just kind of got to stay up on, on what's going on in the industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mike, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. We'll be right back with the rest of your headlines. The Originator Connect Network, the nation's largest producer of mortgage events, is about fostering a community founded on professionalism, collaboration, and personal and professional growth, connecting you to the story of your success. Three, two, one. Welcome back. Here's your headlines for today, January 26th. Another day, another report about layoffs. Rocket Mortgage is laying off 50 more workers. The news comes after Rocket Central made some job cuts earlier this month. Now, even though companies continue to cut costs, we are seeing signs that the market is turning around. A day after mortgage applications rose for the third straight week, Redfin says we're seeing signs that this progress could continue. Homebuyers requesting first tours is up 17 percentage points since November. The company says other data on buyer demand is also promising. Now, unfortunately, Redfin also says that sellers listing their homes continues to be down. And speaking of sellers, they continue to cash in in 2022. Adam says that the average home sold for $112,000 in profit, up 21% from the prior year. That's also a whopping 78% more than 2020. Adam says this marks the 11th straight year that the median home nationwide saw a bump in both raw profit and return on investment. This has been The Principle, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Kutamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principle at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.